This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to award-winning Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is a podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. We are bringing old-school basketball to a new-school audience. And today, we bring you the story of the time that NBA legend and Basketball Hall of Famer Dolph Shays surprised the 1980s Boston Celtics. Now, just to be clear, Dolph Shays and the 1980s Boston Celtics were from completely different basketball generations. Dolph Shays played in the NBA starting in 1949 and finished his playing career in 1964. He played for a total of 15 years and went to 12 All-Star games. He was also one of the very few players who can say that he was the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. He broke the record when it belonged to George Mikan, and then Shea's record was then broken by Bob Pettit. But that is the kind of legend that he was. Back in his day, he was an absolute scoring machine. Now, if you want to go back and hear a more complete story on the career and life of Dolph Shays, you can go back to episode 101, where we share his full story. But for today's episode, it will work just to know that Dolph Shays was one of the greatest players in NBA history, and he played mostly in the 1950s and early 1960s. Now, let us fast forward to the 1980s, specifically to the city of Boston where the Celtics played. One of the great things about the Celtics during the 1980s is the camaraderie that existed between the players. You had guys like Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, ML Carr, Cedric Maxwell, Danny Ainge, and Robert Parrish. The 1980s Celtics had the kind of chemistry that you only find on really good high school teams. It was a kind of a situation where the players said that they loved going to practice. They loved it because they knew that they were going to spend some time with their friends and colleagues and getting to work on the game that they all loved so much. I mean, how many times do you know where the players actually look forward to practice because they just love being with each other so much? There are not that many teams that have that sort of team culture. In most professional settings, the players come in and they go to work because it is their job. Now, that does not mean that the players on the team hate practice or anything like that, but it is more like a typical work environment. The players like their teammates well enough and they like the coaches and they're there to get their work done and get ready for their game. Now, it is all good and everything, but once the practice is over, everyone heads home to their own lives outside of the team. But with the Celtics, they really loved hanging out with each other. With that, they were also fond of giving each other nicknames. For example, Cedric Maxwell was called Cornbread after the main character in the 1970s basketball movie, Cornbread, Earl, and Me. Now, after a while, Maxwell tired of that nickname and the name got shortened even more to just Bread. Robert Parrish was affectionately called Chief after the really tall and quiet Native American character in the movie One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. But sometimes the nicknames made no sense at all. For example, when Danny Ainge was having a bad game, it was Cedric Maxwell that called him Dolph Shays. Again, this made no sense since Shays was a fantastic player. Why would he use it to describe Ainge when Ainge was having a bad game? But it made Maxwell laugh and the rest of the team also thought it was funny. And that is the way that things went when you're on a team like that in the 1980s Celtics that got along so well. Cedric Maxwell liked to push that joke about Danny Ainge even further. When the guys in green were crisscrossing the country as part of their regular NBA schedule, Maxwell liked to go to the airport paging service and ask for Dolph Shays to report to carousel number three. Now, another thing that I need to clear up here is that back in the 1980s, 
all NBA teams flew commercial. That means that they took regular flights with regular people to get from one city to another. If you were an airline traveler back then and you were flying from one NBA city to another, there was a decent chance that you would find yourself sitting next to an NBA player. And they did not fly first class. Typically, first class was reserved only for the head coach and any all-star players that might be on the team. The rest of the team had to fly economy because NBA budgets were so much smaller back then. Today, every NBA team flies on a private chartered plane with large wide seats and real food on board for them. Only team approved personnel is allowed on board, meaning that the plane only has players, coaches, staff, and maybe a couple of reporters. But flying commercial in the 1980s also meant that NBA players had to wait at the baggage carousel just like any other traveler. So just picture for a moment, there are the Celtics waiting for their luggage alongside other regular travelers and over the public address system they hear, Attention, would Dolph Shays please report to baggage carousel number three. Dolph Shays to baggage carousel number three. At that very moment, the entire Celtics team would burst out laughing at the joke on Danny Ainge. Even Ainge enjoyed the good-natured ribbing and Cedric Maxwell will pull this off in almost every NBA city. Now, this is a good place to take a break, and I'll be right back with the rest of the story of how the Celtics once got a pleasant surprise. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hi, everybody. Dan and Andrew from Hello Old Sports here. We wanted to drop in and let you know about our latest episode. That's right. We interviewed the co-authors of Phyllis George, Shattering the Ceiling, a biography of groundbreaking broadcaster Phyllis George. And her life is really sort of a journey through 20th century America, from Miss America pageants to the Kentucky State House to the groundbreaking NFL Today show on CBS, even the Kentucky Colonels, the old ABA. We got into all sorts of stories about the Celtics under Red Auerbach, about the interview with Roger Staubach, about really all sorts of things, a fight between Brent Musburger and Jimmy the Greek. We really enjoyed talking with Lenny Shulman and Paul Volponi, who teamed up to write this book. The book is on sale right now wherever books are sold, you know, within reason, garage sales, probably not. So <laughs> go ahead and pick up a copy today. And if you want a chance to win the book, you can go to sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways and register for a chance to win. Goodbye, old sports. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique Unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row One catalog and for gallery prints and gift items. Plus, get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row One Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes.
Welcome back to the show, and let us continue with the story of how Dolph Shea surprised the Boston Celtics. As I mentioned before the break, Cedric Maxwell would poke fun at Danny Ainge by calling him Dolph Shays whenever he had a bad game, and he would then have Dolph Shays paged at nearly every airport they flew into while the Celtics traveled across the country. They did this in Atlanta, LA, New York, everywhere. Well, one time during the 1983-84 season, they were traveling to Salt Lake City, on their way to play the Utah Jazz. The Celtics had just defeated the Denver Nuggets the night before for their ninth straight victory. In fact, the Celtics had nine victories against just one loss to start the season when they arrived at the airport in Utah. As usual, Cedric Maxwell made his way over to the information desk and asked for Dolph Shays to be paged and report to the baggage carousel. And just like before, the entire Salt Lake City Airport heard, Attention, would, would Dolph Shays please report to baggage carousel number three. And after all the laughter had died down, up walked a man in his 50s with graying hair. The man was in very good physical shape for his age and walked with the bounce of an athlete. He was also six foot eight. He recognized the Celtics and walked right up to them and said, Hi, I'm Dolph Shays. Was somebody looking for me? The Celtics just about fell over with laughter. They had to explain to Shays the entire joke and how they do this in almost every airport on the road. It provided a bit of laughter for Shays as well. There was also a mutual respect. As they say, greatness recognizes greatness. They chatted about the state of the NBA and had other small talk. And at that point in his life, Dolph Shays had a son who was playing in the NBA. His name is Danny Shays, and he was playing for the Denver Nuggets that season. And Dolph Shays was on his way to see his son when he crossed paths with the Boston Celtics in the Salt Lake City Airport. The Celtics were just getting started on what was one of their best seasons in NBA history. They finished the regular season with a record of 62-20 and and defeated the LA Lakers in seven games to win the NBA Finals and were crowned the 1984 NBA champions. It was a great season for the Celtics and for Larry Bird personally. It had always bothered him that he had lost the college national championship game to Magic Johnson and this was revenge for him. He finally beat Magic when it counted. So if you want to have some fun at an airport and having someone page as a joke, be careful. That person may very well be in the airport. Well, that does it for today. Join us next week when we share the story of Lenny Wilkins, a three-time Hall of Famer. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you'll find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories in the past. Take care and see you soon.